I would actually say people should stock up. I mean, I know they're saying to use the actual vegetable. Most people aren't going to do that, but canned is perfectly acceptable. What should you be stocking up on? What age should you start self-breast exams? And what exactly is a midwife? And what's the latest on COVID? All of that and more in today's episode. This is the Health Nexus podcast, powered by Jefferson Health. Our world-renowned experts answer your questions about your health. The falling temperatures and falling leaves are synonymous with pumpkin spice, well, everything. But most of your favorite pumpkin products, like those foamy lattes and to-die-for muffins, really have very little natural pumpkin ingredients or nutritional value. They can be high in sugar and not favorable for everyday consumption. But before your dreams of a very pumpkin-y fall start crumbling, registered dietitian Dr. Cheryl Marco tells us why the physical pumpkin, the seeds, and the pulp should be a staple in your pantry. Touting the benefits of one food is a miracle food is not what we want to do. But on the other hand, pumpkin should be one of those. It's really an underutilized for health. The fiber is really important. The other thing that is so important are the healthy fat that are in the pumpkin seed. The pumpkin seed are so good for us. And the pumpkin pulp is very low in calories. Anytime in particular you have a bright, deep colored vegetable like that, you're talking that it's you know high in beta carotene or any of the carotenoids. It's high in vitamin A and vitamin C. It's got lots of what we call phytochemicals, plant chemicals, that are known to help prevent disease. But it's in a synergistic effect with other foods. Dr. Marco suggested keeping pumpkin on the menu all year round and adding it to your favorite smoothies, soups, or overnight oats. And she shares a tip about a best practice for these types of treats, consuming the meal slowly. This is how I explain it to patients. If 100 people come to your door at one time, you can't get those people in. But if those 100 people came to your door over a two to three hour period, you'd be able to get them in little by little. So it's the same with carbohydrate. If we put a lot of carbohydrate all at one time into our body, our body can't handle it. And our blood sugar goes up, that carbohydrate gets stored as fat, and we gain weight. But if that carbohydrate is consumed in foods that are digested more slowly, then our bodies can handle that. And the fiber will enable it to be digested more slowly. What's the latest with COVID? For that, we turn to resident infectious disease expert and chair of the Jefferson COVID-19 Task Force, Dr. John Zerlo. The vast majority of individuals at our hospitals and across the country who are hospitalized are, are unvaccinated. Those that are vaccinated and hospitalized, they fall really, I'd say, into two categories. One is that they are, for example, immunocompromised, or we're seeing people, particularly 75 and older, Vaccines are still key. Data is showing that the vaccines developed for the virus have just as much efficacy against the variants as they do against the original virus. And while it's important that antibodies produced from natural and vaccine-induced immunity can help defend our bodies against the virus, they won't necessarily completely prevent future illness or stop the spread of COVID-19. 
infection rates have stayed at a steady pace, but we are moving in the right direction. We have the high degree of vaccination, which along with a high degree of infection would indicate a high degree of immunity in the population. We talk about this herd immunity thing. At some point we will reach that and then we'll see a low number of COVID cases just continuing along. Even if you don't get tested, you should stay home. You should stay quarantined so to prevent the spread of COVID. You should really become familiar with your self-breast exam in the mid-20s. So I would say somewhere between 25 and 30. If you're hearing that and thinking, I'm a little late to the party, don't worry. Our experts from the Jefferson Health Sydney Kimball Cancer Center have you covered. Nurse practitioner Helen Nichter gives a description of how you can easily give yourself a breast exam to detect for any abnormalities, an important step in identifying breast cancer early. You can do this in the shower or in front of the mirror. You'll gently guide your fingers across your breast tissue, starting in the upper outer quadrants and heading towards the nipple. You can even examine up into your armpit, otherwise known as the axilla to feel for any abnormalities. You'll check the other breast as well using the same motion. You'll look for any nipple retractions, subtle changes, feel for any masses. If you do feel an abnormality, no need for panic just yet. Dr. Kristen Brill from Jefferson Health, New Jersey offers a caveat and guidance on the imaging to be used if pursuing medical attention. If you feel an abnormality and you're pre-period, you can wait until your period comes and goes. It's very likely a cyst or some swollen tissue in response to hormonal cycles. But if that lump persists post-period, then it really should be checked out. And in general, if you see the gynecologist to have it checked out, it really should be confirmed by an ultrasound. Dr. Brill notes that mammograms should become a part of your healthcare routine at the age of 35. If the results are normal, it's okay to wait until 40 to begin having them annually. But the guidelines change if breast cancer is present in the family. With a family history, especially a first degree, which means mother, sister, daughter, it should be 10 years prior to the earliest diagnosed relative. So if mom had breast cancer at 37, we think about beginning screening at 27. In that situation, we would also think about genetic testing that may give us more insight on what your personal risk is and, and when to start imaging and what tools to use. For a practice that has been around for centuries, there are still many questions and myths surrounding midwifery. Midwives can treat women independently, but also work closely with obstetricians and maternal fetal medicine specialists, offering a similar level of expertise. But they differ in style. Midwifery focuses on individualized care plans and empowering the patient to make decisions through education and counseling. Midwifery has actually been on the rise in the U.S. Jefferson midwives address some of the common myths about their profession. Myth. Midwives do not have formal training. The answer from Jatola Davis. There are many formal pathways that require training for midwifery. Many midwives also receive training and certification in nursing prior to becoming midwives. At Jefferson Health, all of the midwives are masters prepared and certified by the American Midwifery Certification Board. Myth. 
You can't opt for pain medication or an epidural during labor if your care is with a midwife. Answer from Jennifer Johnson. This is not true. As midwives, we respect your autonomy when it comes to coping with labor. We are especially trained in non-pharmacologic coping mechanisms like music, massage, and movement. But whatever you need to get through your labor, we're here to support you. Myth. Midwives only care for pregnant patients. Answer from Melissa Peard. We can see patients throughout their entire reproductive lifespan, from your first period through menopause and beyond. We are here to perform your annual exam, write prescriptions, insert and remove IUDs and Nexplanons, and we are excited to increase the access to care that you need. Myth. You must identify as female to receive care from a midwife. Answer from Meredith Stein. We are committed to providing respectful care to all patients. This includes members of our LGBT community who may not identify as female, but still need routine screenings such as cervical cancer screenings. Jefferson recently expanded its midwifery services, including additional staff and renovations that will include a birthing suite. For more from the experts today and additional information on your health, visit thehealthnexus.org. Be sure to check out Jefferson on social media. All of the handles are in the show notes. And is there a topic you want to hear about from our experts? Let us know. Production support for today's episode provided by Dan Bernstein. I'm Gianna Demedio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.